Thanks for joining us in the spring of 2022 for the Adult Study Guide podcast. This quarter, Brother Mark Clements is going to guide us through the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The nation of Israel, while far from perfect, demonstrates for the Bible student God's high standards for his people, how we fail miserably at meeting those standards, and finding grace in Jesus. So grab your copy of the Adult Study Guide or your Bible and study along with Brother Mark. Today's lesson is entitled, Spiritual Leadership for Israel, from Numbers 16, 28 through 33, and 17, 7, and 8. The application today is, the student will learn that even during the time of Israel's futile wandering, God demonstrated to them the need of following his chosen leaders. Seeking the Context Since the beginning of creation, mankind has been tempted by the promise of power. Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden began with a promise from Satan that if he and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would become like God, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3.5 They convinced themselves that they deserved more power, so they ate the fruit. This one rebellious act hurled mankind into the clutches of sin, for which reason God sent his son to rescue. The innate desire to garner more power, fame, notoriety, influence, or wealth, which can purchase many of those things, has stained the heart of every person born since Adam. The disastrous reality of our sin nature and the tendency to grapple for power make us desperate for the mercy of God. One way God has demonstrated his mercy upon his people is by providing spiritual leaders who guide them into holy living, patiently going to him for grace on their behalf. Those whom God chooses to lead his people embrace a dangerous task, committing to holiness while offering to mediate to God on behalf of the congregation. Not surprisingly, the role of spiritual leader has also been coveted by those who are unqualified to fulfill the role. Remember, Aaron and Moses reluctantly filled the role of leadership to guide the Hebrews out of Egypt. Godly men approached spiritual leadership positions meekly and with great timidity, knowing that with great responsibility comes greater accountability. Their leadership positions were not pursued at all, but thrust upon them. Nevertheless, over the course of time, some men became overcome with jealousy and attempted to wrest leadership from them. Korah, who was a Levite but not a priest, partnered with Dathan, Abiram, and On of the tribe of Reuben in an attempt coup against Moses and Aaron. The basis for their attempted grab of leadership power was Korah's faulty understanding of God's requirement of his people to be holy. Korah's assessment was not too far off base. He told Moses that all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them, number 16.3 which was potentially true, depending on his understanding of holiness. Korah's rebellion can be seen, though, in his application of the truth. He was convinced that since God's presence was near everyone, and all had the command to be holy, there should be no distinction between spiritual leaders and those that follow. At the heart of Korah's rebellion, he made a power grab motivated by envy, unwilling to accept the fact that God had called Moses and Aaron, along with the other priests, to mediatorial leadership for the benefit of the congregation. Korah made it seem he was looking out for the rest of the nation. 
looking at the prospect of living the rest of his life wandering in the wilderness, he refused to submit to God's will. The impact spiritual rebellion has on leaders is devastating. When Korah led 250 leaders of the land in an attempted overthrow of Moses, Moses fell on his face in despair. Number 16.4 Moses was not fearful that Korah and the coup would be successful. He was heartbroken that the judgment of God would once again visit his people. Korah and the rebellion took their godly leaders for granted. He did not fully grasp how blessed he was due to God's selection of Moses and Aaron as his spiritual guides. Even though everyone 20 years of age and older would die in the wilderness, God still provided leadership for them. Today, we will observe God's desires in providing spiritual leaders for his people. Why is it so important to have godly spiritual leaders? Searching the text. Number one, God calls his leaders. Number 16, 28 through 30. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. Korah insisted that any one of the people of Israel should be able to serve as a priest. Of course, like most heretics and cult leaders, Korah placed himself in the position of assuming leadership. Moses responded with an invitation to a showdown. He told Korah to bring the band of 250 rebels with him to the tabernacle the next day, each with a censer burning with fire. God would demonstrate for everyone who was right and who was wrong. The basis for Moses' reasoning was his strong confidence that God himself had chosen the men he wanted to serve as spiritual leaders. Not only did Moses know God had called him, he also understood the explicit commands of the Lord regarding Aaron and those who would serve as priests. It was Moses' experience with God, as well as his familiarity with the Word of God, that gave him the confidence to stand up to Korah's rebellion. Moses laid out the challenge, if Korah and the 250 rebels died as all men die, that would be a sign that Korah was correct and Moses was wrong. But if God were to do something that they had never seen before and caused the ground to swallow the insurrectionists, that would be evidence that Korah stood condemned in his apostasy. The lesson we learn from this challenge is that spiritual leaders for the people of God find their calling from God himself. For example, a man would not simply choose to be a pastor as he would choose any other career and expect to find success. Anyone who would lead God's people must be firmly convinced that to do so would be to obey God and to decline leadership would be to disobey him. Additionally, churches have the responsibility to make sure their leaders are qualified for spiritual leadership. Just as Moses consulted the law to confirm which men would serve as priests, churches must consult God's word to verify the qualifications of their leaders. How do churches assess which spiritual leaders God has chosen for them? Number two, God condemns his enemies. Number 16, 31 through 33. 
And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods, they and all that appertained unto them, went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Moses knew God was about to do something big. He had already witnessed many occasions in which God would not permit the blaspheming of his name, but responded with judgment. God tested Moses' faith by telling him he wished to wipe out the entire congregation. Once again, Moses pleaded with God to show mercy on the majority of the people who were not caught up in the rebellion. Numbers 16, 20 through 22. God honored Moses' request, but told him to make sure everyone who was innocent stayed away from those who were guilty so they did not perish along with them. Moses sent out a warning to the multitude that they separate themselves from the apostates. As soon as Moses issued the challenge, God made his presence known and caused the earth to swallow up the leaders of the rebellion along with their families and belongings. God then caused fire to come down and kill the 250 leaders who presumed to usurp priestly positions. Verse 35. This activity was not done secretly, but in a wide open space where all Israel could see. When they observed God's judgment, they ran away afraid they would get caught in the judgment as well. Number 1634. Everyone in the nation would have known about the events that day. They would tell the tale of Korah for generations to come, hopefully teaching the danger of blaspheming Jehovah and assume spiritual leadership when unqualified and uncalled. Even Jude used Korah's rebellion as an example of the danger of apostasy, Jude 11. God takes rebellion seriously. At the heart of Korah's assumption of spiritual leadership was his idolatrous implication that God was not providing the leadership Israel needed. Korah thought he knew better than God, but instead of humbly seeking God's will, he gave in to his prideful inclination to rise to the top no matter what it took to get there. This is spiritual adultery which is condemned by our holy God. Everyone who does not repent of sin and believe in Jesus will endure the same kind of judgment. All have sinned and were born at enmity with God, but those who have been reconciled to him through the blood of Jesus Christ are forgiven and promised heaven to live with him forever. Those who refuse to believe will ultimately be cast into a place John described as the lake of fire, Revelation 20, 11-15. Spiritual rebellion has eternal consequences, and God will have the final say against his enemies. How does the promise of God's ultimate judgment of his enemies impact your life? Number three, God convinces his people. Number 17, 7, and 8. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness, and it came to pass that on the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. The fire that consumed the 250 false priests also cleansed their golden censers, making them consecrated with fire from God. 
God commanded that their gold be reclaimed and used to make a covering for the altar. This covering would be a permanent reminder of the danger of going outside God's plan and assuming leadership he did not permit. Numbers 16, 38 through 40. The next day, Israel decided God's judgment on Korah and his companions was too severe, so they gathered at the tabernacle and began complaining. In his holy anger, God sent a plague among the people which killed 14,700 before Aaron could intercede on behalf of the people. Numbers 16, 41-50 Aaron was chosen by God to serve his people, and he constantly proved his calling. In order to convince Israel that Aaron and his sons were the right ones to approach God in priestly service, God ordered the chiefs of each tribe to work an experiment. Each chief would inscribe his name on his staff, and the staffs would be placed in front of the Ark of the Covenant. The next day, Moses brought the staffs out of the tabernacle, and everyone's staff was unchanged except for Aaron's. Aaron's staff had miraculously sprouted with buds, blossoms, and ripened almonds. This sign finally convinced Israel to honor the Aaronic priesthood and trust God's judgment in providing their spiritual leadership. God commanded that Aaron's staff be placed in the ark as a reminder and a warning to trust and follow God. The chiefs left the tabernacle with reverential fear of God that would prevent them from spiritual rebellion. Numbers 17, 10 through 13. While God may not perform a similar miracle today to convince us of who our spiritual leaders are, He does make His desires for spiritual leadership known. We might not observe a blossoming staff, but we should be able to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the lives of God's people. We might not have a visible reminder like a budding staff to carry us as a warning against rebellion, but we have God's word in our hands which teaches us right from wrong and gives us plenty of warnings against idolatry. God has given us everything we need to know how to worship and serve him properly. How does God convince his people of godly leadership today? Setting the Application If God gives you a desire to serve Him, you should do your very best to walk in obedience. Do everything He has called you to do, nothing less and nothing more. There will be temptations to make a great name for yourself, and you might even become frustrated with your spiritual leadership from time to time. However, however great the temptation might be to take matters into your own hands and pridefully promote yourself, The wise will humbly seek God's wisdom and precepts in the matter. God alone calls his leaders and will ultimately punish rebellious idolaters. While we pursue avenues of greater influence for the advancement of God's kingdom, may we always be thankful for the spiritual leaders he has given us. Praise God for spiritual leaders. How have godly spiritual leaders made a difference in your life? Thanks for listening to another lesson on the Adult Study Guide podcast. We will catch you next week for another lesson in this great quarter. Until then, join us daily on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org.